You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. This is Mike Pearson, and you can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Mike Pearson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to AOA. We always appreciate being a part of your day, and I would say perhaps especially even more so today. We are on day three of the National Farm Machinery Show. Folks, if you are on the grounds here in Louisville, Kentucky, come by over the next hour. Come to booth 5039. That's the Trelleborg booth. We are here talking tire technology with our friends from Trelleborg. Joining us now to kick off the show, we're speaking with Chris Nider. Chris is the Marketing, Training, and Development Manager for Trelleborg. He shines in a show environment like this. Chris, how have the conversations been over the past couple days here at the National Farm Machinery Show? Well, Mike, top of the morning to you. As I always say, we love coming to this show. We get into some good conversations. And I, I got to tell you, the last couple days, we've we've had some good technical conversations. You know, the growers, they're getting smarter. We've had some good uh, discussions about air pressure. Ah. You know, us being tire people, air pressure is a big deal. So uh, we always like to advise the correct air pressure. And we're going to talk about that, I think, a little bit later in your show. But again, very I call it cerebral conversation with the growers. And Chris, what amazes me is I've just been overhearing some of the conversations happening here. One of the themes that we've talked about that has passed several times we've been on the program is how these tires are technology. I mean, this is an investment you're making in your farm, and this technology continues to improve, doesn't it? Well, Mike, you're exactly correct. And, you know, price, uh, we're trying to help the, the growers with cost. Anything you can do to control costs, the tires are a big part of some of that equipment and anything you can do to get the tires to last longer air pressure is a huge thing towards that plus the technology in our tires now just like anything the equipment's getting bigger it's getting faster and we're responding with tires to do that that's what it's all about chris now one of the things you are down here talking about we spoke about it yesterday i'm curious how the conversations have gone with your new hf 1000 series transport tire what's been the response from growers as they've kind of gotten introduced to it here at the show well we use these shows to showcase new product this is no different so if you're in our booth or you're coming by we have our hf 1000 hf stands for high flotation this is our, I call it the transport or the radial tanker tire. So if you're a manure person, slurry tanker, big forage wagon, or if you've got any equipment that's going to go on the road to go fast, that HF1000, come on in and talk to us about it. Absolutely. And Chris, if folks cannot make it here, if they're not in Louisville today for the final day of the National Farm Machinery Show, Trelleborg is out all year round. I understand you will be at the Commodity Classic if folks can't connect with you here. Is that right? Yes, we try to go to... I'm going to say the major shows. We're obviously here. We're going to Commodity Classic in Orlando, and we'll be at what I call the Super Bowl of outdoor farm shows, Farm Progress, uh, coming up late August and September. And, Chris, one of the things that I always see happening when you're in the booth like this talking to growers is is – troubleshooting as basic as tires are they're not basic anymore and we can't treat them like we did 30 years ago can we no and we have our tire experts in the booth uh, whether it's the Metoth booth with paul and kara or over here in the trelleborg booth 
with Kevin and Naberto and Greg and Jeff. Come on in. We love to talk about, actually, we love talking about tire problems because we help solve problems. That's one of our jobs. That's what it is. And so much of the tire technology maintenance issue takes place on the farms. Chris, I want to talk with you briefly because you are the training manager in addition to your other jobs. So you put together a lot of content for folks to better understand tires. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you do and how often you're putting these videos out? Well, you can check us out or check me out on YouTube. Just Google Chris Nider. N-E-I-D-E-R-T. And I've got several nice informational videos. Mike, as you can see, I don't mind talking here. So we have some nice videos out on YouTube talking about our particular product. And then let me tell you what else. I, I have a Chris's Corner that I do that just talks about basic agricultural information, whether it's when to replace a tire, how to figure out what air pressure to use, or just some explanation about the type of the tread pattern, IFVFCHO. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show, too. Excellent. We certainly are. That CHO's technology will be coming up later, folks. Stay with us here today on AOA. We are from the Trelleborg booth live, 5039 here in Louisville. Chris, air pressure, huge component. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later on in the program. But you also mentioned when to replace, what to think about when it comes to these, these tires. What do farmers need to know? What do you watch for replacement guides on tires? Well, a lot of it will be the tread depth. That will be the current tread depth compared to what the original tread depth was of the tire. Sometimes we do percentages, 25%. It's not, that's not always set in stone, but uh, you also want to look at maybe one tire is wearing out before the other. If you're running duels, maybe an inside duel for whatever reason, one of the tires or a couple of the tires aren't wearing particularly even uh, then you want to take a look at that. But we can advise on that. Uh, later in the show, we're going to have Noberto Herbner, our, our, one of our technical guys. Uh, he'll be giving us some technical information. So he's a very smart guy. I actually go to him a lot, Mike, to get information. But he's a wealth of knowledge. He is. He is. We had a great conversation earlier. We're looking forward to that conversation talking. Well, all these issues in tires that maybe those of us who don't deal with tires every day don't think about. Chris, this technology is always changing. Trelleborg, of course, getting word out there, working with dealers across the country. Tell us a little bit about how farmers connect with Trelleborg. Do they work mainly with, with their local tire distributor? Yeah, we just, we sell tires through what we call an authorized uh, dealer. Now, what we really like is what we call a bolt-on dealer. That's the, that's the dealer that actually goes out and installs the tires on your equipment. So uh, that's who we go through. Now, we do go through some distributors, but the distributor ends up selling to the dealer, and then that goes down to the grower. So, yes, we like we like to deal with the person that's actually dealing with the grower. It really helps. And let me tell you, we got a lot of smart dealers, uh, tire dealers in, in uh, North America, which is great. We also try to help them with being smart as well. So that all comes together with a nice package for the grower. It does indeed. Chris, as growers are thinking about getting out in the field here coming shortly for this next 2023 growing season, some of them might be looking at their tires right now. They're thinking, gosh, maybe I should pull the trigger on replacements. Supply. Is it? Is there? Are there enough tires out there, Chris? Well, we, we come to what we call spring planning. Uh, this in the tire, you know, the ag market is seasonal. Uh, it's not always steady. So we're coming to what we call the most 
busiest time of the year, spring planting. The growers, as they're walking around, they're seeing all kinds of equipment. They're going to start looking at that tire. The Let's face it, the last two years, supply has been a tremendous challenge, and I don't think we can hide from that. However, as things do, we as we get smarter, uh, the supply is getting better. My suggestion is, I say to everybody, if you think you're going to need tires, get to your dealer, place that order, and you'll be able to get those tires. It depends on the sizing, but the supply has improved, Mike. The supply has improved, folks. We're talking with Chris Neidert of Trelleborg Wheel Systems. you got questions about tires, Google Trelleborg. You'll see their website or Google Chris Neidert, N-E-I-D-E-R-T, for his how-to videos on tires. Folks, stay with us. We'll be talking to Darren Newsom of Barchark here when AOA returns. Hi, this is Mike Pearson. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. Each season, farmers put it all on the line. So it's just good business to get every advantage you can. That's why the Roundup Ready Extend crop system created the Spray Early Weed Control Guarantee. When you spray before or at planting, you can give yourself a season-long advantage over weeds, and it can help boost your yield potential. Show weeds you mean business and learn more about guaranteed weed control at roundupreadyextend.com slash sprayearly. Guarantee is subject to program terms and conditions. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. I think farming picked me. I didn't pick farming. I'm not afraid to try something new. It's my farm, my family, and our future. My channel Seedsman gets that. I get access to innovative products with personalized advice backed by data to maximize my yield potential. With Channel, I know I'll prosper for years to come. Define your future at channel.com slash future. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Copyright 2022 Bayer Group. All rights reserved. Are you heading to the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville? Stop by the Trelleborg booth and see me, Mike Pearson, for some exciting live radio and learn about the new HF1000 steel belted tire and features that minimize soil compaction. You can get a cup of coffee at the Barista Bar and I will be broadcasting AOA live from the Trelleborg booth 5039 from 10 to 11 a.m. on Thursday and Friday. That's at the National Farm Machinery Show, Trelleborg booth 5039 from 10 to 11 a.m. We'll see you in Louisville. I've been farming my whole life. I don't need somebody to come out here and state the obvious. I don't need anybody to explain my farm to me. My local co-op works with CHS, and they know what I need when I need it. A global network of support. Local expertise. And valuable market options. We need a co-op that's here for us. So we can own every day. When you're an owner of a local cooperative connected to CHS, you get local expertise, a proven efficient supply chain, and global market access. Learn more at cooperativeownership.com. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. 
Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is Mike Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. AOA continues today at the Trelleborg booth number 5039 at the National Farm Machinery Show. Folks, if you're here on the ground and we've got big speakers blasting our voice out across the trade show floor here, come on by. We've got the barista bar open. Our friends at Trelleborg are making sure everybody has the fuel they need to make it through the day. But as we take a look at what's going on in the markets, it doesn't look like the crude industry quite has the juice it needs to keep moving higher. Joining us now for this next discussion is Darren Newsom, senior market analyst over at Bar Chart. And Darren, what in the world is going on here with the crude oil situation? Yeah, good morning, Mike. Uh, you, 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 the last gentleman you just had on answered it perfectly. Uh, the, the supply has improved. Uh, we've seen that. We can see that not only in the way the futures market's going, but in, in the way the spreads have been acting of late. You know, we've seen we've gone from a, a very strong inverse in future spread a few months ago, got a little bit of a carry in some of those nearby future spreads. And all this is because, again, over the wintertime, we don't see as much demand. We've got a little bit of supply picking up. Uh, it's going to get interesting. Uh, you know, the downside technical targets uh, for the spot month contracts is in the low $74 range. Uh, we'll see if we start to find some buying interest at that point. Right now, you know, the biggest thing, what what drove crude oil $3.40 lower here on Friday? We saw some fun selling, uh, and then all of a sudden we broke through the previous four-day low, and all, and, and it just looked like algos kicked in at that point and, uh, you know, kind of set, for, you know, a little bit of a vacuum trade. Just no buying in there until it quickly dropped. Now we'll see what happens the rest of the day. I'm not looking for an extended sell-off, probably to stabilize a little bit in here heading into the weekend. All right, we'll see if that can move. It was nice to see a little bit of a break in some input costs coming, but we'll see if it sticks around. Darren, I want to turn the focus next to the oil seeds. We've got all focus now on what is coming out of Brazil, where and when. I want to get your thoughts here. The bean market relatively unchanged here on the day. What are you watching as the weekend gets underway? Yeah, there's not a lot to get excited about with uh, with soybeans right now. I think the biggest thing is, you know, let's see how we close out the day with that May-July future spread, because that really is our best read on what the commercial side believes uh, Brazilian production is going to be, when it's going to be coming in, and so on and so forth. Right? You know, right now, again, as I keep saying over and over and over, it's in a strong inverse. We closed it yesterday. Uh, we closed it Thursday. Uh, let's take a quick look here. We closed it Thursday at an eight and a quarter cent inverse. I mean, that, that's pretty solid. It's bullish. We know it's bullish long term. Now we'll see. You know what happens here as we head into our three day weekend. A lot of weather is going to happen uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So I'm looking for a bit more excitement here to close out the day. And then once we get into Monday evening through Tuesday morning, I think traders are still going to get more active. Darren, what are we seeing develop on the cash side? Basis has been hot, of course, since this last harvest. Is it sticking hot in the soybean market? 
it it's it's flattened out uh you know here in uh, mid to late february we're already hearing reports merchandisers are rolling from the march contract out to the may so you know looking at the may contract you know may uh, cash versus may we're seeing basis weaken a little bit here over the last couple weeks uh not a huge surprise again uh not you know there's still some soybeans available not very many though the biggest thing to me is the latest weekly export sales and shipments update put the U.S. on pace to ship about 2.25 billion bushels. This is 7% more than what we shipped during 2021-22. I don't know that we've got the soybeans available to fulfill that. So I think it's, you know if we stay on this pace, if we continue to see problems in Brazil and production starts to come down, I think things are going to get interesting yet here this spring and summer for the soybean basis market. It is interesting. And this is all happening in the old crop. Darren, what are we hearing out of Brazil? Is that ongoing rain slowing down harvest? Is that why the, the incentive is coming to repurchase from America? Yeah, that's the biggest thing right now from what I'm reading. And forecasts really just don't call for much of a break uh, in the weather. You know, we, uh, you and I had the opportunity to listen to Eric Snodgrass, and I still look at his stuff uh, every morning. And it just, you know, there's just not much of a break coming right now for most of central Brazil. So again, here we have a three-day holiday weekend in the U.S. Markets are going to be put on hold. So a lot's going to happen. A lot can happen. And, you know, so I would expect, uh, I would expect Monday evening to get pretty interesting. Darren, uh, while we're in the soybean complex, I'm curious about the meal market. I understand expectations are the traders are watching large non-commercial purchases here in the meal market, but we still don't have CFTC data, do we? No, and it's and it's it, it's not a huge deal to not have it because we can read what's going on in these markets without the CFTC reports. If we've got futures trends, if the, if the trends of the futures contracts themselves are going up, that generally tells us that we've got non-commercial buying coming in. If spreads are, you know, if the inverses are getting stronger, then it's also being helped along by commercial buying. If inverses are getting weaker or, you know, carries are getting stronger, then we've got some commercial selling. So we can, we can see the what is going on. We can see who's doing what. The why, you know, it's almost always tied to weather of some kind. The biggest question is, and I think you and I talked about it this past Monday or Tuesday, you know, can, will the March contract get back above $500? Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen yet this week. Anything's still possible. It's still early in the day. Uh, but at some point, it may want to poke its head back above $500 because, you know, Argentina just simply isn't going to have much of a crop. All right. We're going to continue to watch that play out. Darren, have we seen exports start to tick up out of Brazil? Are they getting some beans to the ports? What I've heard is yes, at least they were early. Um, but what I find interesting is that demand still pretty, is still strong uh, coming out of the U.S. as well. Um, last week, uh, let's see what we moved for the last reporting week. We moved something like Oh, what was it? Uh, 64, 65 million bushels, something like that. So, you know, not earth shattering, but still strong for this time of year. So, yes, there are some Brazilian beans moving into port. Uh, you know, obviously the bulk of it's going to be later in March, early April, you know, once they make that long trip from the field to the port. Uh, and that's when I th where we're really going to be tested. That's why we have to keep a close eye on that May-July spread. It's going to tell us everything we need to know. All right, Darren, let's turn our focus over to the corn market, old crop corn, as we watch to see what those Brazilians are going to plant for their second safrina crop. Is it time to be unloading some of that 22 crop? 
Yeah, it's it's probably not a bad idea if you've still if you've still got some twenty two lying around, you know, because the cash market turned uh, you know turned into a short excuse me turned into a long term downtrend last spring. Uh, so you know we can use these rallies that we're getting as, as a selling opportunity for whatever we have left. You know, here we do see basis continues to stay strong. We're seeing exports pick up a little bit at a time, and as we're heading into a time of year, the second half of the marketing year, when 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 exports actually get strong. Again, the question is, will we have the supplies to actually export, particularly if Brazil's safrinha crop doesn't, you know, is delayed or isn't doesn't produce as well because of a slow planting season? So, use these rallies to get some uh, to get some. If you've got some old crops remaining to sell, do that. Uh, Maybe sit back, see if this thing wants to move a little bit higher, but I wouldn't hold it very long. I don't want to be the last one holding old crop bushels this year. Well, and Darren, that was going to be my next question. I saw in your Friday uh, report here at Bar Chart that you had a chart comparing 2010, 2011, and 13 with 2020 and 2021 and this year. What, uh, what was the purpose of that? What do you foresee coming down the line? To me, this that that whole piece, you know, I don't believe in analogous years. Um, you know, just because of chaos theory, there is no such thing as analogous years. But to me, if you take that 2010 to 2014 cycle and we look at what we're, the, you know, 2020 to 2024, there are some similarities. And the biggest thing to me is it goes back to the idea these markets are weather derivatives. And so, you know, in 2013, 14, we saw weather get, we saw some rain move back into the U.S. plains and Midwest. So we saw a better crop. Now, what we've heard so far this winter is that 2023-24 could see better weather than what we've seen in the past few years. And if so, production could be better, yield could be better. So this is what I was looking at in that piece is that as a weather derivative, we could, you know, and we've already seen uh, indications that the long-term top is in the corn market. This is what could put pressure on corn for the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. All right, Darren, before we let you go, we got about a minute to run. I did want to turn the focus over to the cattle sector here. We've got box beef climbing higher. Where do they think these live cattle are going to trade? You know, the live cattle trying to rally here a little bit Friday. And this box beef is just incredible. We've got, what, select up almost $10 this week. And that was through Thursday afternoon. So, I mean, it's just an absolutely incredible market. And to me, that's an economic indicator that, you know, as bad as everyone wants, as so many people want to say things are, you know, if we look at beef demand and if we look at folks not being afraid to buy high priced beef, you know, this is a this is a good economic indicator that things aren't as bad as people believe. That is true. Hopefully that strength can stay with us. There has been a lot of enthusiasm down here at the National Farm Machinery Show about the cattle industry and the way that's turned. It's great to see the American consumer getting out there and buying that high quality U.S. beef. Folks, we have been talking markets with Darren Newsom, senior market analyst with Bar Chart. Darren, thank you so much for joining us today, as always. Thanks so much for having me on again, Mike. And folks, stick with us when segment three comes back. We'll be here at the National Farm Machinery Show talking to our friends from Trelleborg about the technical assistance that sometimes comes even when you know tires well. Stay here for more AOA when we return. Hi, this is Mike Pearson. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. 
I've been farming my whole life. I don't need somebody to come out here and state the obvious. I don't need anybody to explain my farm to me. My local co-op works with CHS, and they know what I need when I need it. A global network of support. Local expertise. And valuable market options. We need a co-op that's here for us. So we can own every day. When you're an owner of a local cooperative connected to CHS, you get local expertise, a proven efficient supply chain, and global market access. Learn more at cooperativeownership.com. Pride. It runs deep for those in agriculture. But that pride can also prevent farmers from asking for help when it's needed most. An injury, illness, or natural disaster is a heavy burden for any operation to bear. Farm Rescue is here to help shoulder that burden. We are a nonprofit organization helping farm families in crisis with free planting, haying, and harvesting assistance. There is no pride lost when it comes to Farm Rescue. Learn more at farmrescue.org. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Risvet with this market update. Overnight, social media reports indicate that widespread frost was seen in Argentina last night on top of the drought problems. But as it turns out, the social media was wrong because a look at the data shows that simply is not the case. Frost was rather isolated where it occurred. Argentina's corn and soybean crops are still getting smaller, but harvest results in Brazil suggest that it is harvesting a very large soybean crop and a decent summer corn crop. Very good yields in the north are more than making up for losses in drier areas of southern Brazil. Storage is at a premium, though, pushing more soybeans onto the market as the harvest pace picks up. Soybeans are moving to China, and they're also moving south to Argentine crushing plants. But those factors were largely overshadowed this week by the broader macroeconomic fears of recession, leading to choppy and weak trade. The Black Sea risks continue to escalate, with one Russian diplomat suggesting that his country may be close to war with the United States. It's day 360 of the war, with every indication that Russia intends to throw everything necessary at the conflict to make sure that it wins, and the West increasingly offering a broader spectrum of assistance to make sure that Russia does not win. This is a commodity-rich area of the world, including wheat, corn, crude oil, natural gas, fertilizer, and many other products necessary to keep the world going. Further escalation of this conflict includes a risk that the movement of these commodities out of this region will be further reduced. The market built in large premiums to account for that risk a year ago, but most of that premium withered away under the fear of economic recession over the past six to nine months. The reality, though, is that the risk is still there and perhaps even greater today than it was a year ago. And fears of a hawkish Federal Reserve wait on Wall Street this morning as we approach the three-day holiday weekend. President's Day will be on Monday. Markets are closed. The VIX is trading near 21, while the dollar firms up and crude oil is trading about 4% lower currently. This is AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Ristvet. Through the years, you've really kept up with the times. You're on social media. Like, like, dislike, block. Maintained your health. 10,000 steps. I'm a beast. You even programmed your own smart home. In 10 minutes, remind me that I'm a genius. In 10 minutes, I'll remind you that you're a genius. If you can do all that, you can definitely save for retirement. Just go to aceyourretirement.org, a free online tool sponsored by AARP that can help you get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll meet Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. And in just three minutes, get personalized recommendations to help boost your retirement savings. They're easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's brought to you by AARP, so you know they got your back. You are a genius. Take charge of your retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org now. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. 
You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. This is Mike Pearson, and you can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. And the gentlemen, AOA moved along here today on the truth show floor the national farm machinery show louisville kentucky been down here having conversations with growers who have gathered not just from around the country but they have truly come from around the world and many of them are coming here to the trelleborg booth 5039 they're coming by for some free coffee they're coming by for some tire assistance and they're coming by with questions and that's what we're going to sit here and talk about for the next couple of minutes joining me right now is chris Nider. we've talked to chris over the past couple of days a few times he is a tire expert but chris i've got to imagine as you're talking to farmers here occasionally issues come up that might not be in your wheelhouse where does a tire expert turn when you need help well mike we're really really lucky within the trelleborg organization that we have some resources we can go to sitting to the right of me here is one of those guys noberto herbner so yeah mike there's times i go boy what are we doing here so i'll get the noberto a call and again, he's very knowledgeable. He, he really has a lot of knowledge. Chris, one of the questions that I hear coming up, you've mentioned it a couple times, is air pressure and the importance of it. Talk to us a little bit about how you guys think through air pressure in the context of making these tires run as long as possible for these farmers. Well, as we talked on the other segment, you know, to us tire people, air pressure is a huge thing. It is going to make the tire perform better and it's going to make it last longer, which is going to help reduce costs. And that's the name of the game. But, you know, we get into other uh, nomenclature here uh, when we talk about tires and CFO, CHO are going to, you know, we talk about acronym and to death. Yes. Here we go again with some other acronyms. So we can spend a little Let's bit do of time what, on that. What do CFO, CHO, what do they mean and how do they work in tire technology? Norberto, can you talk to us a little bit? Yeah, CHO and CFO are a specific tire configuration, more towards uh, combines. Okay. I mean, CHO is for the acronym for a cyclic harvest operation. Okay. And it's basically one feature for what we call conventional tires. And CFO is the counterpart for what is an IF, the VF technology. So okay. It's a cyclic field operation. So what it does is the construction of the tire is improved internally to be able to resist temporary kind of an I don't want to say overload, but more load than a normal, uh, normal uh, tire. So I'm thinking, you mentioned cyclical harvest operations. I'm thinking as the, the combine fills with grain exactly. and then empties, that's the cycle that yes. we're dealing with. The important thing is that when you look on a tire, I mean, how do we uh, look on the load you can put on? Is basically on the air we uh, pump in. Sure. Yeah. And why we limit that? Because internally, the tire, when it moves, create friction internally and that generates heat the more the load the higher the heat and it needs more time to dissipate or we're going to destroy the tire so on the cyclic uh, harvest operation or cyclic field operations what uh, it entails us is for on the combine what we have when we start on the field we have uh, the empty grain bin mm -hmm. when we keep working the uh, grain bin starts to fill up Yep. until it's full. Then comes the grain cart, unloads quick, and 
There you go, the new cycle. It's a loading cycle, what we consider. Yes, so that uh, during that loading cycle, the tire starts to get more load on mm -hmm. top of it, starts to warm up. But when it suddenly uh, unloads, it allows them to cool down quick. Okay. So, and that's the cycle. And it's uh, how we can then, in if we have a, a, a tire that is CHO or CFO, we can look on some a lower inflation pressure than the tires are, are not that configuration. You get that added flexibility. Exactly, yes. So, Chris, when folks are coming in and they're going, gosh, I've got to retire the combine this fall, do you encourage them to look at a CH CHO branded tire or is that technology in all the combine tires that Trelleborg's bringing to the table? Well, we do have a lot of OE fitment. Uh, it's going to depend, Mike. You, you, as Noberto just astutely explained, uh, you want to you want that kind of tire, that technology tire on the combine. It will and enhance the life of the tire. There's no question about that. You know, I, I wanted to make another comment because we get asked this all the time. You know, uh, the the uh, the grower will say, "Why shouldn't we put a CFO?" and would be overheating the, the tire. Okay, so that's where you get that issue. So, and normally when you go in the sprayer, you're not going to have the grower that is across the street from, uh, from the co-op. So they're going to be driving 30, 40, 50 miles. Yeah. So, and with completely full load. That's, and after you go uh, down with the load, mm -hmm. But uh, sometimes we get also a question, yeah, but my grower uh, gets the, the sprayer in the field completely unloaded when, and then they load it up. Yeah, but it's the same. It's uh, the dissipation can exactly, happen slowly because yes. the unload is so yes. much more slowly yeah. than it is in a combine. Exactly. You but again, it. as I hear you. As I hear you guys talking, it, again, it comes back to pressure and the loading capability and the ability to extend the life of that tire, which is going to promote, I mean, efficiency. And I know we've yeah. talked sustainability a few times as well. The longer that tire lasts, the, the better it is for the environment. Right, Chris? Well, no, there's another good subject, Mike, about sustainability and efficiency on how a tire. And again, we this is our world. How can a tire help with sustainability and efficiency? And Noberto and I talk about that all the time. And I'll, know, I'll let Noberto expound on that a little bit on how we get to help the farmer be efficient and help with sustainability. Yeah, I mean, 
think about 40, 50 years ago, what was the tire technology? Bias. Right. Yeah. So now we have radio, IFs, BFs, uh, CHO, CFO, a lot of varieties on what we can do with the tires. It's not only a round black donut. Right. Yes. Yes. It has a lot of technology in. And if we don't look specifically and adapt it to the conditions of each use and grower, we lose that efficiency. And what it does is, if it's not uh, properly adjusted, we're going to be burning more fuel, we can have more compaction, we can have more slippage, and all that reduces efficiency, mm -hmm. plus sustainability. Remember that these farms, they don't belong to us. They belong to the next generation, and we can should not be messing them up. That's right. So the less compaction we have, the faster we go through the field, that means also less compaction. And the less we uh, take time with the engines on means less pollution to the air. That's how we contribute to the sustainability. So, Norberto, if growers are thinking, all right, I need to put a little more thought into my air pressure ahead of this spring planting season, what are some of the factors they need to consider? What plays a part yeah, in air pressure setting? Remember that uh, for every tire, depending the inflation pressure you use, and at what speed is the load capacity you can have? Yeah, the maximum. Sure. So if you're not maxing out that uh, load, uh, load capacity, you're wasting some resources. So mainly what we do is, okay, you know that the tire is the linkage between the torque of the engine and the ground. Absolutely. So if you don't have a, a good contact there or a good uh, transport of power, you're messing up why you would have a 400 horsepower tractor if you're losing 150 because of uh, spinning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So main idea is, okay, the tractor needs, in this case, let's put an example, a tractor, yeah, mm -hmm. a four-wheel drive a tractor and 400 horsepower. Sure. Let's put a number. So depending what is, uh, for what you're using it, if it's a tanker, if it's a ripper, whatever, the uh, need of power and how much we put it on the ground depends on the weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as a rule of thumb, we can say, okay, for every horsepower, you would need 80, 85 pounds of total weight of the tractor to put on the ground. Sure. If it's a heavy tillage, normally we recommend 110. So let's put an example for this 400 uh, horsepower tractor mm -hmm. and using a ripper yep so and using the complete power so you should be considering 110 uh, pounds per by, horsepower by horsepower yep. 400 horsepower give us forty-four thousand pounds that's a lot of weight yeah it's a lot of weight so a lot of times growers think why should i put more weight on it because it's i'm going to be burning more fuel but then the tires are not going to squeeze down and we're going to lose traction. Absolutely, and that's what it comes back to at the end of the day is getting that tire, that power to the ground. Folks, we're here with our friends from Trelleborg at booth 5039 at the Louisville Farm Show. Do be sure to come down and see us. We've got coffee coming here until 1 a or 1 p.m. Stick around for more AOA when we return. Hi, this is Mike Pearson. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. 
Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma, not at birth. With macular degeneration, you lose your central vision. You have a blind spot right in the center of your face, so I can't actually see your face. So even that little circle in which I could see became a big blur. I was 65 when I first was diagnosed with glaucoma. There were no symptoms. I had no headaches. Three million Americans have glaucoma, and half don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration. You lose mobility, independence, changes your entire life. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes, and I don't want to lose that. Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. Nothing offers an opportunity to bond and give thanks quite like breaking bread together. This is especially true as we welcome our troops back home and keep those who are still stationed overseas in our hearts. Hi, I'm Gary Sinise. Since 2011, the Gary Sinise Foundation's Serving Heroes program has shown gratitude to our nation's defenders and their families by serving up nearly 500,000 hearty classic American meals at travel hubs and military locations. And now, together with our friends at Bob Evans Farms and their Our Farm Salutes program, we will help to provide even more meals nationwide, offering our defenders a taste of home and the feeling of togetherness around the table. Help us show America's gratitude through food and fellowship. Look for the Bob Evans Our Farm Salutes purple packaging at your grocery store and visit ourfarmsalutes.com to learn more. While we can never do enough to support the men and women who serve together, we can make a difference, bite by bite. What a great organization, helping families in need like ours. It's a godsend. When an unexpected crisis strikes, Farm Rescue is here to help. Assistance is available free of charge to farm families experiencing a major injury, illness, or natural disaster. Our volunteers and equipment are ready to spring into action with planting, haying, and harvest support. If you or someone you know could use a helping hand, Visit farmrescue.org today. This is Around the Table, where we explore the benefits of cooperative ownership. Today, we're talking with Charlie Carter, Product Quality and Additives Manager for CHS Refined Fuels Commercial Supply, to learn about how farmers can manage their winter fuel storage today to make sure they're prepared for spring planting. Charlie, why should producers be checking their fuel storage now? Why not closer to planting? Yeah, Mike, thanks. It's imperative that that our producers are checking their storage before it's time to get in the field rather than being delayed by potential downtime if they run into a, a quality issue within their fuel tank. It can take time to clean up or fix these issues that is, are found in your fuel storage. So really starting now gives them that clearance to resolve these issues without that added time crunch. Oftentimes a fuel sample is needed to really understand the extent of your fuel quality issue. And if you have a fuel quality issue present, it can take up to a couple weeks to get those results on top of any necessary steps needed to remedy that issue. Charlie, what's the best course of action after I find water in the tank or perhaps some other contamination? Yeah, so really, depending on your local regulations as well as your tank configuration, you may be able to drain that excess water easily through a bung on the bottom of your tank, but making sure you're taking careful consideration to avoid a spill of fuel once that water is drained. Uh, there are also other products such as advanced tank filters like an aquafighter that could be installed to absorb that excess water for safe removal. 
Uh, and really after that, if either of those options don't address your issues or if microbial growth has been detected, more stringent actions are necessary, such as a potential biocide additive or professional tank cleaning, which can be costly and time consuming. Folks, that's Charlie Carter, product quality and additives manager for CHS Refined Fuels Commercial Supply. Charlie, thanks for joining us. And folks, thank you for joining us here around the table. Learn more about the benefits of cooperative ownership at cooperativeownership.com. The landscape of media has changed and people are more skeptical than ever about where they get their news and information. While major news outlets show decreasing credibility, your local farm radio station still shows strong marks. In a recent survey, farmers rated information from their farm broadcasters as almost twice as reliable as major news outlets. Farm radio continues to be transparent, honest, and trustworthy. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. This is Mike Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. The show continues here at the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville. Howdy, gang. We got a whole group of folks walking by the Trelleborg booth, number 5039. That is fantastic. That's what we love to see. Folks, thanks for tuning in to AOA here today on the grounds with Trelleborg. We're going to be closing out the show with Chris Neidert from Trelleborg. But before we do that, one of the great things about coming to a farm show is the people you bump into. Earlier this morning, Troy Schneider, chair of the Market Development Access Team with the National Corn Growers Association, sauntered by and I grabbed him because, Troy, we've got news going on between the United States and Mexico and this ongoing GMO corn ban from that country. Fill us in. What happened this week with the Mexican corn issue? Well, Mike, this week, the Mexican government put a new decree in. They had a decree out there that by January 2024, they were going to ban GMO corn from coming into their country. They backed off a little bit, which gives us some hope for yellow corn that's animal feed that's going into Mexico they're still going to allow it in as they pursue Basically. suitable alternatives. Basically, they said we can't we can't make do without right. U.S. corn is what it sounds to me like. But the other problem is what they did is instead of a January 2024 ban, they as of today it is on white corn. White corn is banned. GMO white corn is banned from going into Mexico. We haven't seen anything any any shipments be rejected right now, but. You know, we've got farmers in South Texas that have been that have already put seed in the ground. Right. We've got farmers in um, Andy Jobman out in Nebraska uh, raises white corn. He's made his plans. You know, we talk about the execution. They bought their they bought their equipment, their their seed. They sat down with their bankers. The cash flow th that seed's going to be going in the ground in the next sixty days or so. This just throws one more hurdle at us um you know we've been you guys have been talking about how things the supply chain okay yeah. our farmers have fought the supply chain now they're fighting what's going on in mexico i was on the phone with uh, in national corn grower president uh, tom haig up in minnesota this morning and he wanted me to express his gratitude toward the biden administration especially secretary vilsack and what he has done um, those two have had a conversation secretary vilsack and president haig and we are focused on looking through, analyzing what this decree actually means. And we want this to be science-based, fact-based, not emotional. 
And, you know, we're, we're going to hold, um, we're here to say it, we're going to hold the Mexican government to the USMCA. That agreement, it's binding. You know, uh, corn exports, uh, four out of the last five years, corn exports, Mexico's been our largest consumer, our largest buyer. So that's a huge thing. You know, yeah. that's 17% of our corn crop in the United States that get exported. So, And that's a combination, yellow and white. That's exactly. 17% heading yep. south of the border. A substantial portion of that is yellow. So Correct. it's good to see that issue at least pushed to maybe the back burner. But the attention now is going to turn to this immediate white corn issue, isn't it? Yep. And the thing is, it set the stage as to at any time, when will they flip the switch and just say no to all of it? And so once again, you know, um, I would ask any NCGA member out there listening, get a hold of your congressman, get a hold of your United States senator, tell them how important this is. Make sure that uh, the U.S. trade representatives are engaged, that we're fighting this, that we're, you know, and the thing is, the irritating part to me is they're not doing this to soybeans. They're not doing this to cotton. It's still GMO. There's still glyphosate there. They're doing it to corn. They're specifically singling us out. So we've got to we've got to stand up. We've got to move forward on it. Um, you know, the state of Kansas put a good press release out on the fifteenth. Uh, if you go to Kansas Corn and and put them put a look at their press release, they've got a lot of good facts out there as to what is going on. And you know, we're taking the emotion out of it, and it's just the simple fact that hey, we've got an agreement. That, you know, we're sitting in Trellborg's booth. This is where the rubber hits the road. That's right. And we have got to make sure that our farmers have access to trade and, you know, fair trade and not have things pulled out from underneath them. And but, so that's what Tom Haig's working on in our leadership at NCGA. All right. We'll continue to watch. We do expect to see more political pressure. We'll watch for action under the USMCA as we continue to try to see what's developing here in Mexico. Troy Schneider from the National Corn Growers Association. Thank you so much for joining us today for this update. And as you mentioned, we are in the Trelleborg booth. Chris, help us close out today's episode. Farmers, as they're planning ahead for this spring planting, as they're getting ready for the next year, where do you want them thinking about Trelleborg? Where can Trelleborg fit into those operations? Well, Mike, the Trelleborg and me, Tosh, we have a huge portfolio of tires, as I always say. Tractor tires, combine tires, sprayer tires, really any kind of equipment that's on the farm, we make a tire. We've got two plants here in the United States. As I say, we make tires in the greatest country in the world, Spartanburg, South Carolina, Charles City, Iowa. So we're, we're really excited about that. But as we've been talking, check the air pressure of your tires. Yes. Look at your tire. I mean, check out your inventory. Get an order in. Start to talk to your dealer pretty quick because, again, we would love to sell tires and we want to make sure we have the tires. So think ahead. Think ahead. That's the name of the game, folks. If you're planning to be at Commodity Classic in Orlando here in March, Chris, you will be there. Will you have those tires on display? If folks want to come and touch, see, feel these Trelleborg tires, they can do that at Commodity, can't they? Yes, we will have some product there. We'll have our tire people there again as as again, we love to do, we love to talk tires. So please, if you're coming to the Commodity Classic, check out the Trelleborg booth. I don't know the booth number yet, but please come up and talk to us. Absolutely, folks. It's always easy to find. They've got a fantastic booth set up. I imagine they might have some goodies maybe as we get to Commodity Classic in their booth. They're always taking good care of us. And Chris, before we go, 
if folks want to learn more about Trelleborg, if they want to see your videos, be reminded of those tips and tricks during this slow time of the year, what's the best way to do it? So they can Google my name, Chris, C-H-R-I-S, Neidert, N-E-I-D-E-R-T. We've got some nice informational videos. If you want to look at our websites with the companies, just Google Trelleborg Tires or Google Mitas Tires. You'll find us. That's fantastic, folks. It's T-R-E-L-L-E-B-O-R-G. That's Trelleborg. They've been our partner for these past two days here at the National Farm Machinery Show. We genuinely appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Troy. Thanks to the whole team for helping us work these last two days. It has been a lot of fun, folks. We'll see you next week with AOA coming back live. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is Mike Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. As a farmer, I want a cooperative that's there for me. Not the other way around. A local co-op that works for me and works with CHS. To connect me with local experts I know and trust. And put a global network of markets and supply at my fingertips. A co-op that's here to help us. Own every day. When you're an owner of a local cooperative connected to CHS, you get local expertise, a proven efficient supply chain, and global market access. Learn more at cooperativeownership.com. Are you heading to the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville? Stop by the Trelleborg booth and see me, Mike Pearson, for some exciting live radio and learn about the new HF1000 steel belted tire and features that minimize soil compaction. You can get a cup of coffee at the Barista Bar and I will be broadcasting AOA live from the Trelleborg booth 5039 from 10 to 11 a.m. on Thursday and Friday. That's at the National Farm Machinery Show, Trelleborg booth 5039 from 10 to 11 a.m. We'll see you in Louisville. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council.